Welcome to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with Brendan, my co-host. How you doing? Good, Brendan. How are you? My week has been, has rocked, as some would say. You've had a rockin' week. I've had a rockin' week. Well, that's great, because you know what we're going to talk about today? I feel like I'm on a roll. We're going to talk about a rock and roll band that has managed to build not just a band, but a rock and roll brand, right? A rock brand. A rock brand. It's an insane rock brand. Really? Yeah, and this is is a good episode if you are either a musician or you're an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. you want to find some um, motivation or influence or some guidance as to how to create a brand, Mm -hmm. all you need is a little kiss. That's right. Intellectual (laughs) rock purdy. No, that doesn't work as right. They're they're intellectual rock gods is what they are. Yeah. Okay, forget about their music. Intellectual property, they're rocking it. And we're talking about Kiss. kiss. And not the human kind of kiss. Not the, you know, the mwah kiss. Not... Not the song by Prince We're, either. Yeah, you said you mentioned that uh, talking to me earlier. We're talking about Kiss the Band, and you know who with the face paint, you know, Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons, Paul yeah. Stanley, right? Now I could go back and we could go and do the the original band, Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. Now, now I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Peter Chris was the drummer; he was the Cat Man, and then Ace Frehley was the Space Man, and Paul Stanley was the Star Child, and Gene Simmons was the Demon, and this band, mm-hmm. despite the fact that some may argue that they're irrelevant, when I say some may argue, I'm actually talking about you. Well, look, hear me out here. Kiss, I, I, I like Kiss very much. I like retro rock, that kind of stuff. But we were talking about classic episodes. Rock. Classic, classic rock. Classic rock. Sure, sure. No offense. Uh, we were talking about episode topics, and we were talking about different stuff, and I was thinking like, oh, you know, rock and roll, and you mentioned Kiss, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't feel that Kiss is too relevant these days. Young people don't really talk about Kiss. My age, people aren't really discussing about Kiss. You know, there's a lot of modern musicians. Now, I'd argue that modern music is not nearly as good. I would agree with you. Yeah, but, you know, that kind of thing. The most, the greatest Kiss thing, in my opinion, you might disagree, hear me out here, is Kiss meets Scooby-Doo. That was awesome. It was a cartoon. It came out in like uh, the last 10 years, I believe. So awesome. But you know what? Uh, aside from that, well, I Well, it introduced Kiss to a bunch of young people. Well, it kind of eh, tried. No, it does. Listen. You know, I, I just don't think they're as relevant as they once were. Well, everybody fades out, fades away. But Kiss... But the, the face paint does not. Right. Kiss the brand is not going anywhere. Absolutely. And whether you like their music or not, there's no disputing the fact that Kiss has created this amazing brand. And... Right. To argue with you concerning relevancy, I think that mm-hmm. the the members of KISS make themselves relevant even most recently by getting into a, a trademark dispute with a cover band. Yeah, that's right. Calls themselves Wicked KISS. It was an all female band, uh yeah. trying to make classic, you know, cover songs of KISS songs and they did not like it at all. No, they don't like it at all, but what's interesting about it is that Kiss the word Mm -hmm. 
That can't be trademarked, can it? No, it's a generic word, right? right. That's like so, saying, oh, hello is trademarked. Right. You know? So what, what KISS did is they tried to file claims or opposition to the trademark filing of Wicked KISS. Right. And they are arguing common law trademark infringement. Now, let me explain this for a mm-hmm. second. So if you want to trademark something, a word or a logo... You file it with the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Right. And then it's assigned to an attorney who works for the USPTO. They look at it. They look at a whole bunch of things, likelihood of confusion. They look at dilution of of another mark. um, and, And they make a determination based on these factors, whether or not your word can be trademarked or your logo. Mm hmm. Now. When things can't be trademarked, such as KISS, what happens is people argue that common law means, hey, I've been using this name or this mark for so long that by you creating Wicked KISS in this case, right? sounds like a Boston group, Wicked, Wicked KISS. But anyway, by Uh you creating Wicked KISS, you're infringing on our common law trademark rights and you're going to create a likelihood of confusion in the marketplace and people are going to be confused over wicked kiss and regular kiss i mean to be fair in this specific instance it can be argued that you know especially if they're performing songs sung by kiss and they're called wicked kiss you know what though it's close enough that i understand i don't i don't understand this at all because if you look at wicked kisses Instagram page. Mm-hmm. A, there's 14 posts, right? 304 followers, and it's two women who maybe they're doing some Kiss cover songs, but there is no way that you're going to be able to confuse these people with Kiss. Well, I mean, first of all, they're all female, so it, it's it's not even close. 70s and 80s inspired original and cover music. That's what they're claiming. And, uh, you know, Gene Simmons is just going after them to I mean, yeah, Gene assert Simmons. his dominance. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Gene well, Simmons is a, a very interesting fellow, I'd say. He is. We've, I've read a lot about what he's tried to trademark and about just the extents he will go to 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 trademark things. As a matter of fact, I have a quote I'd like to read you. This is the best quote, by the way. This is the absolute best quote. Ready for this? If I could, I would trademark the air you breathe. Every breath. Yes, I would. Gene and, Simmons. Yeah. This is what makes KISS the ultimate branding group. Yeah. Because as scummy as it is, there's definitely a point to all this. And they've definitely got someplace, you know. Well, I, I don't know if it's scummy. I, I mean, think I think he it's... said it himself. He trademarked the air you breathe. Okay, hold he's on. attacking Wicked Kiss, who have nothing to do with him. Let's let's. All right, look. You might you might say, "Wow, this is capitalism at its worst." I mean, I don't think it's as black and white. I think some of them are like, "Okay, yeah, that's acceptable," but some of them are not. And you know, go ahead, say what you were going to say, but I have perfect examples of how stupid. All right, well, hold, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about them being stupid. I think you you can argue either side. I think that what they've done to build this brand is quite genius because sure, some people might argue that technically their music isn't that great, 
And there's been tons of critics over the years who have said that a Kiss concert is more about the spectacle than it is about the music because people complain that when you listen to the band live, they are just not that good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I like them. I like the music. I'm willing to accept, you know, the, the live shows and things. But I've actually listened to concerts where people were actively criticizing them. So they would give you an example of how out of tune they were, how they couldn't sing, you know, and how they used a lot of the stage theatrics and the music to generate the interest in, mm. in their band. And right. if you go back to the 70s, when they started, you have um, musicians like Alice Cooper that were in face makeup. And, and that was how, it was a gimmick, right? So Kiss created this gimmick and that's what ultimately helped fuel the the massive craze. The, mm -hmm. the Kiss Army right. arose out of this. But Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley from day one knew exactly what they were doing with this company. And I'm going to call it a company because that's really what it is. They knew that back in 74, they needed to start trademarking and protecting their intellectual property. Right. And so... You know, in 74, they had this hand-drawn KISS logo. Now, for those of you who don't know, the logo is K-I, but the S and the S almost look like lightning bolts, if 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 you can picture that. Yeah. Maybe not so much, but a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So they registered this in 1974, mm -hmm. and from there, they didn't stop. So in 78 they started to have a really firm grasp on what their band was doing and the impact and influence they had. So that's when they started saying, all right, wait a minute. Each individual makeup style needs to be trademarked. Needs to be trademarked. Mm -hmm. So by 78, they were filing these trademarks for the images of the makeup. And that's where it all started. They first trademarked the logo. They trademarked the makeup. And from there, they realized that what they've created with these intellectual property rights is an absolute licensing bonanza. So when somebody wants to use something that KISS has trademarked, mm -hmm. they've got to go to KISS and they've got to say, we want to license this from you. And... Gene Simmons says, or the management says, absolutely, as long as you pay us. They have licensed, KISS has licensed over 3,000 items. Really? So, I mean, that's a ton when you think about it. But, absolutely. Uh, you know, you could think about KISS as a band, as, as a group of musicians, but what we're doing today is thinking about uh, KISS as a company, as a brand, and marketing, branding, whether you like the fact that you can get a, a Gene Simmons toothbrush or not, Mm -hmm. doesn't make a difference because they have made a massive business out of this. Now, going back to your quote about Gene Simmons wanting to trademark the air I breathe, I will give you the fact that they have tried to trademark things that just don't have any reason. I, I don't understand it. Well... <laughs> I have a whole bunch for you. Would you like to hear? Yeah, let's go through some of these. So first of all, this came about because Gene Simmons tried to trademark the devil hands, which is, you know, you got two fingers or 
something like like, like this. Yep. You know, you got yep. the, two, the fingers down and the pinky and the index stuck up. He tried to trademark that, which is absolutely insane. But I have a list of a bunch of others here. So <laughs> he tried to trademark things such as Gene Simmons wet, Gene Simmons rich and famous, naked car wash, nude car wash, topless car wash, international fight club, big band, trophy wife, sextasy, <laughs> zipper. He tried to trademark zipper. Now, I now- want to marry a millionaire. Just wait. It's not done. You can't cut me off here. Gene Simmons demon. Okay. Gene Simmons groupies. Eh. Wait a minute. Gene wait a minute. Simmons time out. Tongue. Time out. Why would you be proud of your groupies? And what, what was he going to trademark Gene Simmons groupies and have a group of all the thousands of women that he slept with come out and say, we're part of the Gene Simmons group? Was he going to make a club? You're going to get a, like a, a back patch for your denim jacket? I'm the I'm a Gene Simmons groupie, TM. Yeah. No, well, actually, it would be R. Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you register a trademark, you get to use a little R in the circle. Yeah. If it just says TM, by the way, that means that it was simply a trademark, but not registered with the USPTO. Anyway. See how informative this it is? It's very informative. Me, Inc. Me, comma, Inc. Like, incorporated. Uh, Global Art Bank. Shit girls say. Women are from Mars. Men have question mark enus. As in the P is replaced with a question mark. Like the, like the famous book. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Well, and simply the word question mark enus. So listen, <laughs> he's telling you right off the bat that if he could, he'd trademark the air you breathe. So why not trademark things like zipper? I mean, sure. <laughs> well, it's interesting because he has, I, I do you have a number on how many items he's tried to trademark? It's like in the hundreds, I think. 182 trademarks that he has tried to register, but he's only succeeded 44 times. So you think about it. He doesn't care whether or not these trademarks get rejected. I think he's just using this as um, sport almost, right? But when you think about it, what he's doing is creating all of these protected images, words, and then you go to use it, and what do you think is going to happen? Like, Mm. let's just say hypothetically that Gene Simmons was able to trademark. Uh, he, He also, I just like to cut you off. Applied a trademark for Baby 101. Baby 101. And it's believed that he was going to try and make children's toys. Could you imagine Gene Simmons' children's (laughs) toys? Oh, my God. Baby 101. (laughs) All right. So let's say for a second. Let's say for a second. Let's take that example of Baby 101. Let's say that he had been successful in trademarking that, Baby 101. And then you later on come up with a website that's baby 101 it's kind of like an introduction to how to have how to raise kids right right like let's right. say it's a parenting website got it and gene simmons owned that owned that trademark what would happen is gene simmons would come after you and make you shut down your website that's just the way that he works so if you tried to file a trademark for the website or the domain or whatever He'd already beat you to it because I could guarantee you that anything that he trademarks, he probably has the domain name and rights to other things too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things like the Kiss Army, right, which is really the fan club for Kiss, they own that. 
they own Kiss Army. And when you go to Kiss Army, you search that in Google, you get shopkissonline.com. And so he's, you know, they're, they're so, so smart. Whether you like them or not, they're selling everything. And some people call them sellouts. But if you're looking at this from a business standpoint as to how to model or, or build or scale your brand, think about it. These were four guys from Brooklyn, New York. Gene Simmons didn't have any great educational background, right? He went to local schools and they come out and they form this band. But unlike a lot of other bands that just play music, mm -hmm. these guys understood whether it was by luck or by somebody telling them or simply by the fact that they saw what they were doing and the, and the momentum they were building, they were smart enough to say, let's leverage the power of our trademark and let's create an empire. And they did. They did. So from a small business standpoint, from a large business standpoint, or if you're a band or whatever you are, an artist, whatever you are doing, mm -hmm. If you're not thinking about trademarks and how you can leverage trademarks in the future, you're missing out. Right. Imagine what would have happened if they didn't trademark anything. You want to know what would happen? What would happen? I want to tell you. Do you know the... Well, I would have released five Star Wars films already. That's for sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you, do you know the, the singer, King Diamond? Yes. Okay. So he was in a band originally that he found. He's the one that likes his grandparents, correct? Yeah, grandma. Um, he was in a band called Merciful Fate, and he was unique in his music. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the we're not going to talk about that. But one of the things about him is that he had face paint, and his. So if you know Gene Simmons' face paint, it's white and then black like bat wings, you know, over his eyes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, search it up. Gene Simmons' face paint, but. King Diamond had face paint and it was white and black, but it was, in my opinion, completely different. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you could confuse King Diamond's face paint with Gene Simmons's, right? Right. I mean, I, I can't see it. Are there similarities? Maybe, but I don't see the likelihood of confusion. You wouldn't look at King Diamond and say, oh, is that Gene Simmons? Not, at least I wouldn't, right? Right. Well, when... Gene Simmons realized how popular Merciful Fate and then King Diamond was becoming. He started an issue with King Diamond and threatened to sue him. Now, there's, there's, it's kind of confusing as to whether or not he actually filed the lawsuit or whether he actually served the lawsuit, but there was a dispute that arose over King Diamond's face makeup. And basically, King Diamond said, all right, I'm going to change my makeup and I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And that's probably because of the fact that Kiss had in 78 already trademarked their, their face paint. Right. So you couldn't go and you couldn't, you know, make a, a doll and use similar face paint to, to what Gene Simmons is, is because he's got the rights to that. Couldn't make a children's toy? No. Well, look, let's talk about toys Maybe for a 101. Minute. What what you know Funko Pops? Yes. Okay. When you think of a Funko Pop, they have the the Kiss band in Funko right. Pops. Right. They couldn't just go and say, "Hey, we're going to take Gene Simmons 
Mm -hmm. and make a pop figure out of him. Right. Because it's Gene Simmons. And because if they wanted to put the face paint on it, that face paint itself is trademarked. Right. So there's got to be a licensing deal between Kiss and Funko to allow Funko to produce Gene Simmons pops. Right. And right. and what happens every time a Funko pop of Gene Simmons is sold? Gene Simmons's wallet and his pockets get a little deeper or a little bigger. Right, exactly. Right. He a little, just, little more full. Yeah. So the right way to put it. You know Gene Simmons can sit back now and comfortably do nothing, quite frankly. Um, but, I mean, here's a guy, too, that went out and, I, I don't know if you ever saw the television show. There was a Gene Simmons television show. And some might argue that he was just as disgusting and sexist <laughs> as he is, you know, in other things on the show. But whatever. It doesn't make a difference. He created a brand. Right. He marketed that brand. Right. He sold that brand and created licensable content and items that people to this day still want to produce. You right. you talk you you say they're irrelevant, but why mm -hmm. would Funko Pop want to make a pop figure of them? That's true, right? That's very. It's true. So, but I I think that the takeaway from this episode, right, is that leveraging intellectual property and understanding how to take an image or a phrase and create a trademark out of it in conjunction with your brand can make you an unstoppable force. Right. You have to wonder how many other musicians are doing the same thing. I, I can tell you that some modern day musicians like Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. she has, you know, she understands or her management team, I should say, understands the benefit of trademarks. She's one that's trademarked a lot of things too. Yes. Arguably not as many as Gene Simmons. Yeah, that, 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 that's probably true. But you know, I mean, what do you think about Gene Simmons and well, speaking of Taylor Swift, by the way, remember we talked recently about a, uh, a theme park that sued Taylor Swift for being, having her music called evermore. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And so, you know, the, Go listen to that if you haven't. There, there was also, we did an episode too. She was trying to trademark her cat or something. I can't oh, remember this. Something remember that? Crazy. Yeah, I remember that. that. Something really funny. So yeah, she's another one that's big on the trademark stuff. Yeah. But you know what? I argue this. You can make fun of somebody for trying to trademark things. Mm -hmm. We can laugh at Gene Simmons for trying to trademark the word zipper. But, you know, what if he had gotten it? Here's what's interesting, right? So there's kind of like two phases in trademarks. So I file the trademark for zipper, let's say, and it goes to the attorney at the USPTO who looks at it and says right off the bat whether or not the word could be trademarked or not trademarked. But let's say the word was something like kiss zipper, mm -hmm. K-I-S-S zipper, right? Or, or, or however we're going to do it. But let's say that that was it. Right. And so let's say that the attorney at the USPTO was like, oh, that's interesting enough. That's unique enough. We're going to let that, that slide, right? Right. Now, the second phase of that is that somebody who might have a similar trademark has to object to that. But they publish these proposed trademarks in gazettes and things like that. You, you have to be aware of the fact that somebody else is applying for a trademark. And if you don't object, they're likely going to grant it. 
And this happened once. I did a podcast years ago. And I want to say that it was, um, I can't remember the name of the company. Um, I'm going to find it and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a future episode. I believe maybe it was a skateboard company or a skateboard wheel company. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, there was an issue where they were going to file a trademark and they did. And the uh, examining attorney approved it and they were set. They were on easy street. All they had to do now was wait for the publication period to end where the, where you could object. So it was published, and now's the time for somebody to object. And there was a similar company out there, but they didn't know that this company that I'm talking about had filed this trademark. Right. Until the company decided to go out on social media and say, we can't wait for our trademark to come in. Mm -hmm. Then what do you think happens? Well, then they attacked them probably. Right, they attacked them. They filed up, exactly. And then there was a big dispute. So, you know, when you're going to be filing a trademark that's not the time to go broadcast it to everybody hey look i filed a trademark right it's bad enough that you've got to wait that period of time for the publication phase and the objection don't don't make it easier for anybody else to object Mm -hmm. but i i think that kiss is an example that everybody should look at when it comes to the use of intellectual property so if he's filed what did you say 188 uh, yes, that's about I something that's like that, said, yeah. right? And he's hit forty-four. So what's that percentage? Like, you know, I, I can't do that in my head, but it's a low percentage. I will find it out right here. But the fact is that who cares if the vast majority twenty-three percent? All right, so twenty-three percent—that's not a horrible, horrible number. Why wouldn't he take that chance? Right. Right. Now, what's the downside of filing trademarks? It costs money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it takes time. It can take up to nine months for a trademark to be approved. So, you know, someone like Gene Simmons who can file 188 trademarks and pay both the legal fees and the application fees, no big deal, right? Maybe if you're a small business owner, maybe that's a little more difficult. Maybe a, a, a $250 or $350 application fee and then paying a lawyer to do it. Maybe that's too much. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you should not seriously entertain it because when you are able to file a trademark, you have created um, equity in your company in the sense that now this property, this intellectual property could be sold, right? If Gene Simmons decides that he's done with KISS completely, which would never happen, they would be able to sell all that intellectual property as part of their, their quote-unquote company. Right. Right? And they do have a company. It's like Kiss something limited or whatever. But this is a great lesson. So if you have a business and and you are, um, you know, let's, like, let's say you're an ice cream shop and you sell ice cream, you could be thinking about ways to create trademarks that would make your ice cream business stand out from everybody else because now you could sell that ice cream business and the intellectual property that goes along with it. Right. Sometimes the intellectual property is worth more than the company itself. So, now what do you think about how Kiss has used, some might say taken advantage of, I disagree, has used trademark? Are, are you comfortable with what they did? I mean, I I agree that it definitely helped them in the long run, but I think a lot of the stuff they do is 
like I said, very anti-consumer, I guess, in the sense that, like, I don't know if consumer is the right word, but more like Wicked Kiss is a perfect example of people who had nothing to do with Kiss. They didn't look like Kiss, but they were attacked because, you know, they had the word Kiss in it. You know, what if I wrote a romantic novel? You know, One Last Kiss. Would I get attacked by Gene Simmons? What if you wrote a, a romantic novel, Wicked Kiss? Zipper Kiss. Then what? You know? Uh, I think you'd be safe on Zipper Kiss. Uh, Although I don't know that I would promote that book anywhere. That's right. So I guess the end result is uh, the, the end takeaway from this episode. If you're going to make a company or, or a brand, try to uh, trademark as much as you can. Not in a in a sense where you're going over the line. And definitely not in a sense we were trying to trademark Gene Simmons wet, because then in that case, you'd be out of luck. Yeah, I, I would stay away from Gene Simmons because I have a feeling that he's got enough <laughs> money to take you, you know, and 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 just bleed you dry in an intellectual property dispute. Right. Fascinating guy, though. It'd be an interesting interview to have Gene Simmons talk about his intellectual property prowess. That would be a very interesting episode, right? It? Yeah. You know, Gene Simmons usually touts his long tongue and other anatomical um, functions of his body as being the most most powerful, but I think the use of intellectual property probably outweighs all of them. Right. Well, I'd love to hear uh, your feedback, the listeners, as what you think about uh, KISS and the use of intellectual property. Mm -hmm. uh, so make sure that you leave some comments on our social media. And um, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. And this this marks our um, second episode back on YouTube, by the way. That's right. If you go to the uh, YouTube channel, uh, you can see us in video form. Yeah. I mean, uh, years and years ago when I first started the podcast, we were doing video and audio. Then we switched right. over to audio, but we're back. So mm -hmm. um, our last episode about uh, the fire fest is on YouTube. And this episode is going up on episode. That was, that was crazy. Yeah. This episode is also going up on YouTube. So if you didn't know, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to utlradio.com. All the links are there. And um, you can follow us on social media. But if you're interested in watching this podcast or if you just use YouTube as your way of listening mm -hmm. to podcasts, we're, we're back up there. So that's great. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. By the way, UTL Radio is trademarked. See? Don't try it. There you go. We'll have um, you trademark UTL Radio wet, <laughs> UTL Radio zipper, UTL Radio baby Gene 101. Simmons. <laughs> Gene Simmons, UTL Radio. Have you... We're not uploading this episode until you do that. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining me. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was uh, interesting informative. and informative, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. Make sure you follow Peter on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and stay tuned for future episodes.